Section 9 of Riverdale Stories. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Riverdale Stories by Oliver Optic. The Young Voyagers, Chapter 4. Frank slept soundly while the wagon rolled slowly along through the woods towards Riverdale. He had never been so tired before in his life. He was not used to work, and his hands were covered with blisters, which had been made by using the pole on the raft. Mr. Brown's horse could not go very fast, for he was only a cart horse. It took him nearly two hours to go from Spindleton to Riverdale. I don't suppose he liked very well to be taken from the stable after a hard day's work to go so far in the night. But his master was happy enough for both of them, for he knew how sorrowful must be the hearts of Frank's father and mother. He was carrying good tidings to them, and we are always happy when we do good to others. I think the old horse would have been pleased if he had only known how much good he was doing. It was almost midnight when the wagon entered the village of Riverdale. Frank was still asleep, perhaps dreaming of his happy home. Although it was so late, there was a light in nearly every house. Lights were moving back and forth, too, in the woods and all along the river. People in the village were running here and there, and all seemed to be as active as though it were broad daylight. The stores were open, and men were continually hailing each other as they passed hurriedly along the road. All this was because a little boy had been naughty and disobeyed his father. It was because Frank had stepped on the raft with Joe Birch that all the people were kept up half the night, that hundreds of men who had worked hard all day were searching the woods and dragging the river. Besides the family of Mr. Lee, there was another in great distress. Joe Birch, though he was a very bad boy, had loving parents at home, and nothing could be found of him. Hello! shouted a man to Mr. Brown as he drove into the village. Heard anything? About the boy, do you mean? questioned Mr. Brown. Yes, I have him here in my wagon. The man shouted for joy, and running through the streets, proclaimed the good news that the lost boy had been found. The people ran out into the streets, even the women and children, for no one could sleep while they feared poor Frank was lost or dead. The loud cries rang in the still air of midnight, and in a few moments the wagon of Mr. Brown was surrounded by a great crowd. They shouted and hurrayed with all their might, for they knew how glad Mr. and Mrs. Lee would be to find their lost son. Some of the men ran over to the woods and the river to tell those who were searching for Frank that he had been found. The crowd grew bigger and bigger as they drew near to the house of Mr. Lee. As the wagon and the crowd entered the gate that led to Mr. Lee's house, the people cheered with all their might, and the noise they made seemed to shake the very hills. By this time, the poor tired boy, who had caused all the trouble, had waked up. He cried with joy when he saw his father's house. When he got out from under the blanket and stood up, the people cheered him, just as though he had been a great general coming home from the wars. When the great crowd entered the gate, Mr. Lee and Mrs. Lee and Flora ran out to learn what the news was. They concluded from the cheers and shouts that Frank had been found, and they all wept for joy. The wagon stopped at the front door, and Mr. Brown took Frank in his arms and handed him to his father. 
Mr. Lee pressed the lost boy to his bosom and rushed into the house, followed by Mrs. Lee and Flora. The poor mother had sobbed and moaned all the evening. She was almost sure her darling boy was dead, and nothing could console her. Flora's grief was not less than that of her mother. Both of them had suffered more than words can describe. Mr. Lee was calmer, but he felt quite as badly. He had just returned from the river when the wagon arrived and had almost given up his last hope. Flora and her mother laughed and wept over the little wanderer. I can't tell you how many times they kissed and hugged him, nor how many times Frank promised never, never, never to disobey his father again. But he was freely forgiven. It took him ever so long to tell the story of his voyage down the river. The crowd had pressed into the house till the entry and rooms were filled. They heard Frank's account of the trip on the raft, and when he came to the part where Joe Birch had been thrown into the water and had climbed upon the rock, they said he must be there still. The people had not gone down the river so far, and it was quite likely that poor Joe was then upon the rock, if he had not been washed off and drowned. Some of the crowd, therefore, ran away to the river to save the poor boy. Two or three boats full of men with lanterns rowed down the river just as fast as oars could drive them. As they drew near to the place, they heard Joe's piteous cries, and pretty soon they found him on the rock, just where Frank had left him in the early part of the evening. He was wet through and shivering with cold. He had been scared almost to death, and he was glad enough when the men took him into the boat. One of them threw off his coat and wrapped it round him, but he was so chilled and wet that he shivered all the way home. Joe's parents were very glad to see him again, and they hoped his sufferings would make him a better boy. He had given his father and mother a great deal of trouble, as all bad boys do, and they thought that good would flow from the evil. The crowd stayed at Mr. Lee's house more than an hour, and Frank had to answer a great many questions. He had to tell how he felt in the darkness, what he had tried to do with the pole, and how Joe had made him go when he only meant to get some lilies for Flora. Mr. Brown was called into the house, and treated as though he had been a lord instead of a poor man. Mrs. Lee and Flora thanked him over and over again, and Mr. Lee not only thanked him, but gave him money enough to buy a new horse and wagon. The poor man did not want to take this money. He had only done his duty, he said, and it was not much to pull a poor little boy out of the river. Mr. Lee made him take the money, and said he should do a great deal more for him. Mr. Lee wished him to stay all night, but he could not. He had a job to do in the morning, though he was afraid his poor horse would not be fit to work. Then Mr. Lee told his men to harness one of his cart horses to Mr. Brown's wagon, so the tired animal that had drawn Frank home might rest for two or three days. When Mr. Brown had gone, the crowd retired but I don't think the people in Riverdale slept much that night. Then Flora and Frank said their prayers and thanked the good father for all his mercy to them. In a little while they were both asleep. Mr. and Mrs. Lee thanked God for returning their son to them, but they could not sleep for hours. Poor Frank was sick for a week from the effects of his voyage, but when he got well he was a better boy than ever before and was always very careful to mind his parents. End of section nine. End of the Young Voyagers. Recording by Scarlett, 
Louisiana, 